ladies and gentlemen from Colonial Heights, Virginia, and All Seasons Tabletop Studio. It's The Undiluted Truth with Mike and Ben. Today's episode, more discussion with the latest COVID Summit Super Panel. Do not forget to like, subscribe, and share. Our podcast email is theundilutedtruth.podcast at gmail.com. Are you on your best behavior? Absolutely. And you can check that twice. Kind of like your Christmas list. A little early for that, though. Welcome again, everybody, to The Undiluted Truth. I am Ben, and let's get right into it. Let's welcome in our host, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic again, Ben. This is excellent. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, here we go with this super panel uh, on the high wire with Dell Bigtree. These guys are... I'm going to really build them up here. These guys are awesome. Yeah. Uh, And I think the main reason that they're awesome is this is information. This is expertise that you don't hear. Mm -hmm. You don't see it anywhere. You really have to look hard for it. And thank God for the high wire and news uh, organizations like that. And of course, you've heard me say that's my top place to get accurate news and right uh, and and good references through experts and so forth and just a, another plug for these guys ladies and gentlemen if you go on to the high wire all of the information that is brought forth on there you can pull off as far as any research that's done now obviously i mean i yeah. you're, you're not going to get the script of these interviews but you can play that you know from these mm-hmm. doctors but any studies any other research that has documents no matter what it is it's all right there you can print it all off hmm. so that's all right. the upside of what they do there at the high wire but i don't want to take up more of the time that we're going to have with yeah Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. Brian Cole, and Dr. Richard Urso. So we're going to get right to it and welcome all of you rock tumblers and truth seekers. And uh, I am ready to tumble some more rocks. How about you, Ben? I am ready. Ready? Yeah. All right. So here we go. It's a really interesting point. You know, and Dr. Urso, when we talk about a lot of things you've been talking about with the treatments. You know, how do they ever admit at this point, are we ever going to hear the government say, you were right, hydroxychloroquine works, or you were right, ivermectin works? Because it seems to me, and I've said this, that if Fauci admits that, he literally may be tried for crimes against humanity because of that denial. Should because be. He should we be. now see a connection. Mm-hmm. Were those drugs denied because that got you to emergency use authorization? We see the motivation. There's truly motivation now as, as some of these things. And so... Are we ever going to get to the point where treatments that save people's lives, our government says, yes, these work? No, we're not. And, uh, and let me explain that. Oh, um, the, if you look, first of all, we had no outpatient protocols. Um, now you're starting to see the NIH come out with um, outpatient protocols. What do you see on them? Paxlovid, Molnupiravir, Remdesivir. You're seeing the drugs that they promoted the whole time. Mm. You're not seeing 
you're not seeing even steroid. You're not seeing all the things that can treat the inflammation, the blood clotting, the things we've talked about before, inflammation, blood clot, respiratory. Well, I mean, just, just because so, one of the things I find really interesting about talking to you is that we do, we've heard on this show, we've talked a lot about the, you know, off-label usages of, of approved and safe drugs. You talk about the approved use. Like there are drugs that we would normally use for these very symptoms that were really not being used. You exactly. know, tell me a little bit specifically, what are you talking about with there? I, I, exactly what I was saying. It's like blood clotting. There is a host of drugs, aspirin, Eliquis, Relto, Lovenox. We use them already. We know this disease causes blood clotting. We use them appropriately in this case. We know that we have lots of inflammatory drugs, you know, with prednisone, of course, being at the top of that list. So we can treat every single mitigating thing that might damage the patient, the inflammation, the blood clotting. And we don't even have to win against the virus. So over and over we see, hey, those are simple things to do, and they completely ignored them. There was no reason for it, Dell. And now we are seeing them come up with protocols, but what are they showing? They're showing the drugs they already have in the toolbox. As I said to you before, and I think I, I, I'll let you know, the first two hours I looked at this, I looked at drugs that could work, nucleoside analogs, protease inhibitors, hydroxychloroquine, chloroquine, ivermectin, phenylfibrate, cyclosporin, L-colchicine. A lot of these drugs, um, now you found they repackaged Kaletra into Paxlovid. Molnupiravir and Remdesivir, two nucleoside analogs, there's plenty of others out there, including Valtrex is one. So there are lots of options they could have used and tried, and they decided not to use them. They wanted to repackage. It's all about profit. And I think uh, they're never going to admit that they're, they're wrong. They're not going to ever address the, uh, the early treatment protocols that we, that we use so successfully. Mm. In our case, uh, as you heard, Brian Tyson, over 99% success rate. So those are things that I don't think are going to change. And the thing that bugs me the most, Del, there's a hidden message in this whole pandemic. The messenger RNA lipid nanoparticle is the nuclear bomb, right? They have slipped that into the, into the, into the, what the public's consciousness of the next vaccine platforms. So you're going to see lipid nanoparticle messenger RNA over and over and over again. They've established the legitimacy of that dangerous platform. Mm -hmm. It's going to go everywhere, brain, bone marrow, et cetera. And, and, and they just slipped it under the radar. And nobody noticed. Dr. Cole, as a pathologist, this lipid nanoparticle, he calls it a nuclear bomb. What are you looking at? What types of things, you know, are the concern when, when we, we make a statement like that? I think Dr. Urso's right, and to Dr. Malone's point, as a pathologist, we are the red flag warning. We're the quality control of medicine. We're the first ones to see that change in pattern. That lipid nanoparticle in and of itself is inflammatory. It does go everywhere. It was originally designed to take uh, mRNA and or chemotherapeutic agents to organs that are hard to get to, like the brain. If you look at the qualifications on the lipid nanoparticles, they're not for human use. They're for research use only, and yet they've broadly pushed these onto society. We mm. see inflammation from the lipid nanoparticles alone, but we also see that they carry that mRNA particle with them to wherever, wherever they land. We're seeing mitochondrial damage in neural tissues. Studies mm -hmm. out of Poland showed that, Dr. Clough et al. Um, we are seeing suppression of the immune system. This lipid nanoparticle, this mRNA, making a spike protein, is getting into the immune cells, damaging uh, DNA repair mechanisms. What does that look like under the microscope? A decrease of the kind of inflammatory cells you want eating away at a cancer. Now we don't have enough of those cells there. Mm. To the point I brought up over a year ago, are we seeing an uptick in cancers? Yes. Why? The lipid nanoparticle, the mRNA, and the spike that it makes 
is suppressing our immune system. Wow. And now we're seeing turbo cancers, wildfire cancers that would otherwise be kept in check by a competent immune system. Okay, I want to pause it real quick. That Tur that's powerful. Turbo cancers. Yeah, this wow. is this is powerful because you know, he's talking about down the road and I think the key here to to kind of highlight is now when you look at the VAERS report, mm -hmm. you're going to see not a death or an illness that came from the vaccine. You're going to see, well, this guy died of cancer. It's not a vaccine. It's not vaccine-related. See what I'm saying? It's, it's down the road, so you'll start yeah. seeing yeah. I see what these saying. deaths that are sort of uh, flying under the radar of being caused by the vaccine. Right. But for people like these guys, they're going to they're going to see it all day long. Right. He just said, is there an uptick in cancer? You know, you yeah. might, you know, some might say, well, yeah, 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 bad water, bad air, bad this, bad that, but no. Right. This thing the, the spike protein, the mRNA delivery system attacks the immune systems cells that you know kind of as his words eat away at the cancer cells that's what we want but now they're being depleted and it's not in a week's time it's not yeah, it, yeah. it's we don't know how long that is and it who knows what you are doing in your other lifestyle to to uh, possibly give you cancerous cells so i mean you know there's there's sort right. of all around us i mean yeah the the immune system is so important and we've talked about that more than once absolutely but this is powerful information that that dr cole has given us right here yeah i mean it, it's sad for those that are going to run into this because unless you knew what to get a baseline of when you or at the same time or before you got the shot yes you have no baseline to say that it was from the vaccine. That's right. Unless there is solid evidence and proof that comes out that specifically says that this is what the vaccine does, yeah. period. And End you, of discussion. Yeah. You know, unless there's conclusive, th these people are just going to have no recourse. And you all. might get it from 17,000 of these guys, and I hope that yeah. it's... And, and what I like, this is all coming from... So-called science, yeah. but it's the real yeah. side. They, they're okay. Well, let's see what's causing this. Let's see what this does. Right, okay, it does that. Oh, it affects can it, it, the the cancer cell uh, protectors. Uh, yeah, might have said that a little wrong, but well, <laughs> it, you we, know what I'm saying. Yeah, we, it, it 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 affects your immune system, right, to the and, point where you don't have the same. Capabilities in your immune system Exa as you did before. Exactly. Yeah. So right. from there you go, well, obviously, let's see what cancer patients are looking like. Let's see uh, new cancers, you know. So right. th this is ongoing, but, th but these are the guys that are really wanting to know so that they can correct it, inform people, and you said it right. Unless if you didn't get the informed consent, if, if you got a, a a blank sheet of paper before you got your vaccine, how would you know what could cause anything? Well, yeah, but I, I was just going a step further. Like, unless you knew medically what to look for, so you had a baseline of those same um, 
cells that are being depleted by yes. the vaccine. Right. That, that, yeah. Yeah, you have to be checked. That's what I was saying as a baseline. But yeah, I see what you're saying too. Right. Um, so yeah. Okay. Well, let's get back to Dr. Cole here. These, to Dr. Urso's point, have been slipped under the radar of the zeitgeist and the consciousness of the people. These are dangerous platforms. You cannot control where that lipid goes, and thereby you can't control where that little nucleotide sequence it's carrying goes. Mm. It is a bad idea from here until forever, until proven otherwise. I mean, the entire argument for it, I mean, and there's been a lot of parents that I've interviewed years before COVID that would say, you know, when they complain that they believe that their the child's brain swelled and the argument was always vaccines don't cross the blood brain barrier. And that I think that's always been something that we, we want to maintain with vaccines, whether it's true or not. But the idea was, and the statement was always vaccines don't cross the blood brain barrier. And you're telling me that the very vehicle with which they're wrapping this technology and the mRNA technology is designed to cross the blood-brain barrier. Absolutely correct. So how is it that they ever make the statement that they believe this thing would stay localized at the, at the space that was shot, which is exactly what they told us. It will be right here, the antibodies, everything will happen in your arm where it's delivered. It's not going to the other organs, That's certainly right. not your brain. Was that just a lie from the beginning? Scientific malfeasance. They knew from previous studies, and Dr. Urso in his uh, drug development research has worked with nanoparticles before. He <laughs> stated many times, and we've known, look, lipid nanoparticles, they're a fat. Your cell membranes are made of fat, and they have a positive charge. Your cell surface has a negative charge. They want to fuse wherever they can. They go everywhere. They're like, Dr. Urso, I'll quote him again. They're like garlic. They go everywhere. <laughs> Scientists knew they would not stay in the arm. To have told the people of the world otherwise was a straight-up scientific lie. Mm. Yeah, that, that was a lie. And the other key lie that was told to physicians, and I've heard it directly from many docs, is that the mRNA only sticks around for a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. But now we know, based on this key cell paper from last January, that the RNA doesn't just stick around for a few hours. This is not normal RNA. This is something different. Mm. To call it mRNA is really misrepresenting what it is as a molecule. It's a novel polynucleotide, but this insertion of pseudogenic uridine all the way through the RNA in order to make it so these aren't inflammatory. They don't cause abscess formation when you inject it, which is the problem I had for years and years working with these particles. Reason why I moved away from them and moved to post-electrical fields. I could never overcome the inflammation. But, hmm. but Carrico and Weissman asserted that they were able to do that by putting all of these pseudouridine molecules in. And the uh, pharmaceutical companies that they worked for in part, Carrico works for BioNTech, asserted that the RNA would only stick around for a couple of hours, which is the normal RNA half-life. But now we know from this cell paper that these RNAs stick around for 60 days or more. And that means mm. that we have to recalculate everything that we thought we knew about the adverse event profile because the assertions were, well, the RNA only sticks around for a couple of hours. Therefore, any adverse events due to the vaccine must only happen in the first couple of weeks. But now we need to go back and look at all that data now that we know 
that the pharmacokinetics, how long the molecule lasts, mm-hmm. oh, wow. is 60 days or longer. That's, that's not in cell culture. That's from putting fine needles into people's arms and sampling lymph nodes. So this is real. This is in humans. It sticks around. The levels of spike wow. protein that are produced are higher than you produce if you're infected. Um, and this is not a normal RNA. This is something different. This is a synthetic product that's immunosuppressive that is able to produce protein. And we have no idea what it takes to degrade. People ask me all the time, Robert, what can I do to get rid of the RNA? Right. And I have to say, I have no idea what to do. It's not known. And the thing, Dell, that really mm. aggravates, I think, a lot of us, certainly me, is that there are rules about what you're supposed to do in preclinical development and clinical development of these kinds Here we of products. Go. There are rules that I've been taught, we've been taught, we've had to be reinforced in our teaching on a regular basis, just part of continual med- medical education if you're going to be a clinical researcher, that say you have to characterize where it goes and for how long it sticks around and how much protein it makes or how, what the active drug product is. None of that stuff was done very well. It wasn't done rigorously. And there was this series of misrepresentations about what the data were, and they didn't actually have the data. And the wow. thing is, the FDA let them get away with it. Mm-hmm. They did not perform their function. They're supposed to be independent gatekeepers. And in a way, you know, having worked with pharma, one of the, one of the core axioms in pharmaceutical development is you never do a study that you don't have to do because you may not like the results. Okay, the F, If you get results that aren't consistent with what you're hoping for, the FDA in a normal situation is going to come back to you and say, hey, you got to follow up on this. This is raising red flags. Now we have to be concerned. Okay, So you don't do those studies. And unless the FDA forces you to in the classical pharmaceutical sure. world, okay? Mm-hmm. And what happened here is the pharmaceutical, um, the I'm sorry, the regulatory bodies gave the pharmaceutical industry um, a pass. They didn't have to do the work that we, if, if I did these studies and submitted a dossier like this to the FDA, I would expect it to be kicked back right away. But for some reason, they gave a pass on all this stuff. And furthermore, they misrepresented, it's the kindest word I can come up with, <laughs> these key parameters of how much protein, where do the complexes go, and how long does the RNA stick around. And on the basis of that, average docs assumed that this was something that it wasn't. They assumed that this was a relatively benign product that didn't stick around in the body. All of that is false. And the, I'm sorry, it is a crime that this mm-hmm. was not known. Yeah, I want to tag on to what these two have said because, I mean, it just what, what you heard is that the biodistribution is everywhere. The pharmacokinetics now we're discovering are very dangerous and very different from what we first thought. And the other thing we're seeing, you know, the uptick in cancers, Ryan's covered a lot. What I'm seeing clinically is a massive uptick in viral reactivation. So all these people that I'm finding that are seeing long COVID, a lot of them have Epstein-Barr virus reactivation. Wow. We're seeing herpes simplex and herpes zoster reactivation. I'm seeing it in my clinic two and three and four times a week. They know that I'm involved in the COVID movement, and uh, they're coming to me, uh, mm. even in my clinic, and uh, I'm seeing a huge uptick. And these are things that we didn't know before, and so as we go down the list, 
biodistribution, the pharmacokinetics, uptick in uh, uh, DNA uh, damage repair mechanisms that Ryan talked about, p53, um, BRCA gene, and then the uptick in microRNA 27A, which basically creates more GI cancers. You're seeing now this uptick in viral reactivation. You're seeing bad, you're seeing bad signs all over, and they're ignoring these signs. And I don't, you know, I think Robert just summarized that really well. But we have to do. Okay, I, I want to pause it uh, quickly here. Hmm. This this is really unbelievable stuff. Hmm. Uh, uh, one thing I wanted to just emphasize here with what Dr. Malone said, you know, when they thought it was only going to stick around for a couple of days, right? Uh, this, you know, the mRNA. And he, in I like what he said, and don't miss this because he says, "How do we know? It's not by just you know checking symptoms. It's not by guessing. Well, this happened, right. so it must be around." No, he said they're actually injecting, taking samples, and you know, putting needles into lymph nodes, uh, uh, you know, mm-hmm. armpit area, pulling it out. Here we go. It's it's there. So yeah. it's it's a literal check in 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 that manner. So, hmm. uh, but uh, you know what? Uh, you know it's it's amazing. These guys are you. Can you sense the the frustration? Oh yeah. Of of what these guys are are, are saying here, and I mean, um, the uh, the medical. Uh, malfeasance, as they're yeah, calling it. Yeah, them. that was that was a mod. and the, <laughs> the and the trickery continues. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was a you know that was a mild wow. uh, a, a mild statement uh, there. Is I mean you know he he was yeah, being nice yeah, when <laughs> when he said that that was doc, Dr. Malone again. Uh, but I, I wanted to point this out. <laughs> Excuse me. That. The herpes, it was a herpes simplex uh, uh, condition. Yes. Well, when, 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 when coming back, that's what, yeah. When I saw that on the screen, it looked just like some of the pictures that I've seen of monkeypox. Interesting. So think about this you've got monkeypox, but the vaccine that we gave you caused a condition that we're going to call monkeypox. Could be. I mean, you can't. But you uh, can't. Yeah. When you look at what's going on, when you evaluate, you've got to open the door wide because anything's possible. And then you can kind of rule things out and begin to narrow it down and say, okay, this is really what it is. Yeah. But uh, I saw that and I'm like, well, wait a minute here. Wow. And also, I have heard that some of the symptoms of the so called monkeypox. Oh, fever, you know, uh, uh, aches and pains and joint pain and this headache. Wow, that sounds like a flu. Common flu. And then add in yeah, some what is... add in some rashes. Okay. And yeah. uh, you got monkeypox, which actually came from the vaccine. I, yeah, I that's I, I see that's yeah. just my so called educated guess theory, but I wouldn't I wouldn't rule it I, past it. So. Yeah. Anyway, I think Dr. Malone is interjecting here. Uh, so this is what's so great about it. The, you know, these guys right. are just back and forth. I love it. Yeah. All right. Here we go. So, Richard, I have to object about one thing you said. Ooh, yeah, an objection. Um, they didn't know. Okay. They knew about the biodistribution, but they knew about the viral reactivation. 
recall that there was a period of time when I was very actively engaged okay. with senior personnel at the FDA in the Office of the Commissioner. We were talking on, by Zoom on a weekly or bi you know, twice a week basis. We were discussing the, the early drugs, ivermectin, what the data were, and what the risks were associated with the vaccine. This is the group that first picked out the signal uh. of the cardiotoxicity, working together with Bill Dumachet. And they also knew at that time, and one of them actually had the adverse event early on of shingles. They knew that the viral reactivation signal, which the CDC has never acknowledged, was mm. one of the major known adverse events. So uh, what I'm objecting to yeah. is mm. you you saying in good faith yeah. that mm. you're assuming because the CDC and the FDA never said anything about viral reactivation as an adverse event, you're assuming they didn't know. Yeah. What I'm sharing with you is they absolutely did know wow. and they did not acknowledge it. It's another one of those things. I'm going to just pause. Wow. Don't don't mess that guys because here we got a couple of super you know superstars or you know a part of the super panel that don't necessarily see eye to eye but this is a perfect example of in Dr. Malone's lane in his expertise he's calling out a statement but Dr. Urso made it based on his knowledge and his his assumption that the CDC right yeah has got some credibility and if it was happening but, then they certainly would have called it out but Malone's going <laughs> nope I I can appreciate you giving them the nod you know of they should be doing the right thing but they absolutely did know and they didn't do or say anything about it uh, okay. Was that Robert saying that they did know, or is that somebody else? Was that Robert? Robert Malone said they did. They sure did know. They did know. Robert Malone said. Oh, that was Robert Malone yeah. that said yes. They did know. Yes. Okay. I, yeah. I, but I, I was like, but from everything we've heard on our podcast, just you know, going going back, I, I mean, okay. Well. I don't know how many listeners listeners have been the whole time, but I mean, I know you and I have been here the whole time. So yeah. So, but in, in your opinion, just based off of the stuff that we've covered, would you say the CDC has your best interests at heart? And the, if there was something harmful to you that they would tell you right now, would I, you say that? I'm going to answer that this way. I would say, as a whole, no. But as my understanding of every single thing they're talking about and this weird named reaction mm -hmm. that causes other uh, effects right which i'm unaware of of yeah, even yeah. how it happens and i think in defense of dr urso he's like well i haven't heard it this is a rare thing but that rare thing could have a lot of implications towards some you know some nefarious right, right. you know results but I think in good faith, I think he's afraid. I'm, and I think in, in, and I'm trying to put myself into their shoes. Yeah, yeah. Without 100% proof. Right. He was afraid to, he might assume it just like we do. Yeah. But this is what's so cool. Knowing it, knowing it. Malone was there. He's talked to him. He knows they. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I but, think that's what's cool. So. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I just. <sighs> 
I totally, in my opinion, I wouldn't even. I, I mean, yeah, I would at this point just say, yeah, they probably know that this stuff is harmful for you, and they still don't care. Yeah, I mean, that's almost but where it's, it's all, at. But it's yeah, is but and, I could only. But imagine, I appreciate trying to give them the benefit of the doubt there. Well, I think he's only <laughs> trying to give them the benefit of a doubt in this one branch of the tree. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And. I go back to what uh, Tess Laurie said in the WHO. She said the building mm-hmm. is full of, I mean, a lot of people and oh, a yeah, lot of yeah, good yeah. people. And good people, yes. And I think that's what Urso said. Well, you know, there's a lot of good people at the CDC. It would be hard to believe that this went unchecked and no one said anything. Well, Dr. Malone said they did know. And mm-hmm. I'm sure yeah. looking at it, these are people they looked up to. And I think there's still oh, yeah. some grieving going on of, wow, these people, we really, man, we liked them. They, you know, they, we were all on the same team, but now you're not on the same team right. uh, all of a sudden. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy. I think, but <laughs> isn't this cool though? It's, yeah. you know, and, I, I, I'm enjoying this. Yeah. And, and Malone is like firsthand. Uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, yeah, Richard. Yeah. Uh, uh, you you know you sort of misspoke. I can appreciate it, but they they knew, yeah. you know, and that's stunning. Mm-hmm. All right, back to uh, back to this as we'll uh, sort of winding up here. That is inexplicable. It's the only way. You know, many of us have been racking our brains as you have to to understand how this could possibly happen, why it's possibly happening, and why is our regulatory apparatus that as physicians, we had all come to assume had a function that actually did the job that we could believe and trust in. There you go. And what we find out now is the whole house of cards is, I don't know how else to say it, it's rotten to the core. Wow. It has not performed its intended function. Yeah, Mm -hmm. this is a very reluctant observation. It's not, it's easy uh, uh, to be, you know, have your head in the sand. It's very difficult to come out and reluctantly tell the world that the agencies you so trusted and believed in, I came up through the system, I'm not an outside-the-box person, came up through the system and found that this has happened. It's very, I have to sit here and reluctantly agree with you. I mean, I have to say, you know, because the high wire has been covering this and we've been mm-hmm. on this issue, sometimes I have to stop myself and remind myself that, you know, your average person out there must think I'm crazy. When I talk to people, you know, the when I think of the message that we're trying to get across is, you know, they want to say, you're telling me that the, the world-renowned scientists at the NIH, like the greatest, you know, investigative medical body in the, in the world, and the CDC and the FDA, or the WHO for that matter, that they are all lying to me, that they've got it wrong, and, you know, and Udell Baytree, or certain, in this <laughs> case, Ryan Cole, or Dr. Robert so I'm supposed to listen to you, and not the authorities that literally are supposed to be writing legislation legislation around, you know, the use of medical products, regulatory agencies are supposed to be protecting us. I mean, how do you, how do you come to terms with someone that's questioning you on that level? I, I come to it saying, you can question me all you want at any time, as long as you bring better data than I have. Mm. I am open to the dialogue and conversation. This is what's been missing in science and medicine for this last mm-hmm. couple of years and probably go. preceding that for many years, to have dialogue and conversation with honest, open, complete data, 
then let then let the truth win, whatever the science may be. I'm always willing to be wrong. Mm -hmm. there you I go. didn't trust these agencies at a younger period in my career. The more we see and the more we've learned, the more open-minded we are to the unfortunate aspect of how corrupt the system is. As a physician, I always reserve the right to be wrong. And if I am on behalf of humanity and a patient, let me learn so I can do better. I wish the rest of our profession were still in that state of being. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer it this way. A couple of things. Um, one, COX-2 inhibitors in the 80s. It was very clear that there was a pathway to clotting. Very clear. It was obvious the pathway was right there. Most of the people who spoke up about it said, well, it's not showing up in clinical trials, which is not true. Later on, most of those COX-2 inhibitors got taken off the market. They went through those clinical trials likely in the same way that they went through this process, hit a lot of data, and they got through. Then mm. you look at the cholesterol data. Women with higher cholesterol outlive women with lower cholesterol. Women with higher cholesterol outlive women with lower cholesterol. What that means is all the cholesterol drugs, when you look at all-cause mortality, most of the time there's no signal of benefit. So this is not the first time that these things have happened. Okay, mic drop right there. Wow. How, how many people do you know that are on cholesterol or, or taking, taking cholesterol medicine? Um, quite a few. Based on that study that he just, he, he just highlighted and, and quoted, basically what he just said is that there is no benefit by taking cholesterol medicine. That's a big one. That, that's, yeah. that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. being made and think about all Absolutely. of the people 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 wow that's uh <laughs> it, maybe if you take too oh, much man. cholesterol medicine they become people and yeah there you uh, go <laughs> <laughs> oh, how man. many how many of us are scared when the doctor says your cholesterol is off the charts or something to that effect mm -hmm. and we need to get you on Oh man, oh God, man, it's it's way off the charts. I, I need to do something. And I think that places us really in some of the the hands that these guys are seeing because they have trusted these agencies for years. Right. We've trusted our doctor, and now we're being told basically the big pharma has fudged mm -hmm. the the drugs. And there's really based on studies and results, and, and and the one he highlighted was women. Okay. Yeah. There's really cholesterol medicine, cholesterol non medicine, no real benefit. Doesn't mean cholesterol is not a real thing. Our body makes it. Right. Sure. Right. But essentially, no real benefit of taking the medicine. Fascinating. Now, I would like to know uh, some more details of that. Yeah, my, yeah. my doctor tends to tell me that there's other things other than that that number. There's other uh, inhibitors and other right levels to look for that that you know, like oxidized cholesterol and uh, some other areas of the heart that put you know that that have levels that you need to be looking at, not just the right. Okay, the LDL and ACO. Yeah, so. Other things more critical. I think that's sort of what he's getting at. You're taking this medicine, you really don't even need to. It's not doing any good. Hmm. Uh, but that's just, uh, I just thought, whoa, Ben, that's a big one. Yeah. 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 A couple more minutes and we'll close up here. Let uh, Dr. Urso finish. And there's other, thalidomide, of course, people know about. 
So historically speaking, I always look with a critical eye. And what are we seeing them come out with? We're seeing them come out with a well-packaged, another new nucleoside analog, another new package, packaged up Paxlovid protease inhibitor. They are not putting out genius drugs. They're, the ingenuity is gone. It's all about profit. They put out more and more drugs of the same type over and over again. So I hate to say it, but there's more ACE2 inhibitors, there's angiotensin receptor blockers, beta blockers. Everybody puts out one and the same. They go from twice a day to once a day. Everything's repackaged. 90% of the drugs are of that ilk. Wow. When we look beyond the drugs, when we look at this mm, vaccine, mm, what mm. I find shocking is, wow. you know, it wasn't one shot. It's not two shots. And, you know, within the same year, three shots, even four shots. I believe Israel's moving towards mm -hmm. the fifth shot. There's discussions of the immune suppressed moving into their fifth shot here in the United States mm. of America. So my question is, when you look at this vaccine now, and, you know, especially people that are just going to keep injecting this into their body, what is your greatest concern? I want to eat from each one of you, actually. For, so let me start, uh, you know, with you, Dr. Cole. What is what you're seeing, or what is your biggest concern with this vaccine right now, if you were to pick one? That it's going to lead to severe chronic disease of the immune suppressed type, obviously in a set percentage, the cancers. But I'm, I'm highly concerned that we are greatly altering detrimentally permanently the immune system of individuals that keep getting these shots. Wow. And it doesn't cover the virus. Uh, Omicron, it doesn't cover it. It makes your risk of disease worse, as you know. Yeah. It makes your outcomes worse. And to give a chronic lipid nanoparticle and a chronic spike-making factory in your body, in your cells, and we know that spike is toxic, we are messing up permanently the immune systems of people, and who knows what disease they're going to die from them from from that secondarily. Doctor Russo, what's your biggest concern? Wow, um, I think we need to digest just what he said there. Mm. A major concern of basically all you need to know is I'm going to give you a shot, and most likely it's going to destroy your immune system. Mm-hmm. That one's not going to be the only one you're going to need. You're going to need three, four, maybe five more. Israel going to five, they said. Mm -hmm. But this type, this lipid nanoparticle is not just your typical mRNA vaccine or delivery system. And, and Dr. Malone explained that very well earlier. But the bottom line is these are the best of the best, and his concern is this is going to kill some, well, and, you know, they can't make a statement of how many, but it's going to kill people in a number of ways, possibly. Yeah. Primarily, destroy yeah. the immune system, and any cancer-causing agent is, is going to run rampant through your system. Yeah. And I think that's a major concern. Hmm. Uh, well, they the super panel did not disappoint, Ben. No, uh, no. I think it gave us a lot to to think about, a lot to pray about. Uh, and guys and gals out there, um, you know, rock tumblers, truth seekers, uh, take this information, share it, 
listen to it again, uh, make notes, but there is so much that has has come at us at one time. Just just in this one particular episode, when we see again all of the deception, mm-hmm. and apparently people that don't appear to care about human life that are in key positions of power when it comes to medicine. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I real, I really struggle at times to believe it, and I could only imagine what these gentlemen are are going through with with their expertise and their credentials. It's it's just sadly believable, but it it still has me stunned, almost speechless at times. So, yeah. All right. Well, well let's go ahead and close out. Ben, we'll have a word of prayer as we close. Father in heaven. We thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for the gift of family and friends. And our heart goes out to all of those, all of those categories, because there are friends, family, and 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 relatives uh, uh, that have lost their lives, uh, and those that have got maybe everlasting, at least in this world, conditions that uh, are making their lives miserable. We pray for your comfort and care upon all of them. We once again thank you for not only this platform, but those like Dr. Malone and, and, and Dr. Cole, Dr. Urso, and Del Bigtree and that team there. May you and your holy angels guide and protect them. May they continue to humble themselves to do your will and to spread truth. Lord, help to prepare us for what is yet to come. We don't know, but but what is on the horizon in many ways seems horrific. But we know that if you are with us and for us, no one and no other power can be against us. And help us to tap into that and to hunger and thirst after your righteousness. We also thank you for those that have allowed this platform to go forth. Um, You have blessed us tremendously, and may your power continue to guide and protect us also as we go about to spread your truth. And as we part ways, we pray that every intent of our thought be pure. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to join us again every Tuesday and Thursday on The Undiluted Truth. And remember, rock tumblers, with all of your might, continue to diligently seek truth. God bless.